trade with China. Indeed, they had. Franklin Delano Roosevelt's grandfather, Warren Delano, was one of the first Americans to travel to what was seen by Americans as Old China, where he made a dynastic fortune in the illegal opium trade. As a U.S. consul, Delano oversaw the first American military incursion into China. It was from his Delano line that Roosevelt inherited his love of the sea, his princely fortune, and his confidence that he knew how to handle China. Roosevelt later observed, What vitality I have is not inherited from Roosevelt's. Mine, such as it is, comes from the Delano's. Dealing drugs was only part of Warren Delano's mission. Much as his European ancestors had carved New England territory from Indian lands on America's Atlantic coast, he helped carve New China enclaves, westernized and Christianized areas like Hong Kong on China's Pacific coast. Delano, like many Americans, believed that this was only the beginning, that just as they were sweeping across North America, someday Christian and American values would change China. Like most Americans, the Roosevelts had only a meager understanding of Asia. Waves of immigration had brought people from all over the world to the United States, but after the Transcontinental Railroad was completed, the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882 made it illegal for a Chinese person to enter the country. True, some westernized Chinese were exempted and allowed in as students, businessmen, and diplomats, but they were few and far between. Almost no Chinese could be found in the halls of the White House or the offices of Wall Street. Likewise, very few Americans had ever traveled to China. Yes, some American missionaries, businessmen, and diplomats made it across the Pacific, but they clung mostly to the westernized New China settlements on the coast. These Americans wrote home about a cultural and spiritual blossoming of the Chinese under their care, decades of hopeful hogwash foisted on unknowing readers. Both Presidents Roosevelt were thus constantly well-informed about New China, that place that was always going to be. This book examines the American perception of Asia and the gap between that perception and reality. The wide gulf of the Pacific Ocean has prevented Americans and Chinese from knowing each other. Generations of accumulated misunderstanding between these two continental giants has so far led to three major Asian wars that have left millions dead and has distorted U.S. domestic politics and foreign policy. My father, John Bradley, was one of the six men photographed raising the American flag on the island of Iwo Jima during World War II. When I was 46 years old, I published Flags of Our Fathers, a book about my dad's experiences. Now I am 60 years old, and I continue to honor the young men who fought in that horrible war. But I increasingly doubt my father's elders, the men in power who allowed Americans to be sucked into a world war at a time when the U.S. military was preparing for war in Europe and was not ready to fight in distant Asia. Japan surprised the United States at Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. On December 8, the U.S. Congress declared war against Japan. But not well remembered is what Americans on that day thought they were fighting for. One of the millions who served in America's Asian War was John F. Kennedy, who later recalled, 
It was clearly enunciated that the independence of China was the fundamental object of our Far Eastern policy, that this and other statements of our policies on the Far East led directly to the attack on Pearl Harbor as well known, and it might be said that we almost knowingly entered into combat with Japan to preserve the independence of China. For generations, American hearts have been warmed by the missionary dream of a new China, peopled by Americanized Christians. Then, beginning slowly in the early 1930s, a foreign-funded China lobby sprouted in the United States and gained powerful adherents in the U.S. government, in the media, and in pulpits across the country. By 1941, nearly a decade of China lobby propaganda had been pumped into American churches, homes, and heads convincing the vast majority of Americans that a Christianized and Americanized new China would blossom as their best friend in Asia if the United States drove the Japanese.